Well, several Alberta emergency departments have closed some beds, some departments altogether, uh, briefly, uh, due to staffing shortages already this summer. And most of these ERs are in rural areas, but not all of them. In fact, the emergency room at the Royal Alex in Edmonton uh, uh, seeing at least half a dozen beds closed, at least, uh, and it's among the busiest ERs in Canada. So to find out exactly what's going on in these emergency departments, we asked a doctor from the Royal Alex to join us for some on-the-ward insight. And joining us now, we have Dr. Shazma Mathani. Uh, Doc, thanks for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Shay. So coming off what I estimate was probably another busy weekend, how did it go? What was the situation this weekend at the Royal Alex? Um, well, thankfully, after that large bed closure um, late last week, uh, it was there were no more beds closed than the than the kind of baseline six beds that we're okay. facing uh, for the for the entire uh, summer. But at one point last week, you tweeted that uh, almost half of the beds in the emergency department had to be closed. What happened there? You know, I wasn't actually working that night. I just learned it from many of my colleagues. Um, and really, it, it comes down to staff shortages. So uh, there was a critical shortage of staff, and it was not safe to keep all the beds in the department open. So we have to, you know, do our best to maintain safe um, staffing and nursing ratios. And that just simply wasn't possible for a period of time on Thursday night. So obviously, the numbers fluctuate day to day. How long did that situation last? And, you know, has it been bouncing between six and, you know, 20 kind of a thing? Or has it been pretty consistently the six that we know about? For the most part, it's been consistently between six and nine, I would say. Okay. So six at baseline and sometimes for periods of time throughout the day. Um, there might be a few extra beds closed. Uh, that period of 18 was for, only, for four hours. Um and then an addition, like, so it was 12 for four hours and 18 for an additional four hours. So an eight-hour period where there were 12 to 18 that were closed. Uh, so, so, I mean, like, we have to remember that this is a very busy emergency department. And um, it, it really affected the flow of patients. I, I'm really proud of my colleagues who are working that night that I'm sure worked their butts off to, mm-hmm. to continue to, to see people and to, to provide patient care. But it, it's in a situation where they don't have all the resources they need, and it certainly places undue stress on the people that are there working. I can only imagine. Just give us some insight. When you're working in the ER like that, uh, as you said, it's incre- we all know it's incredibly busy to begin with, but when you don't have the staff to um, you know, have all the beds operating, you need to start closing beds, what kind of decisions do you have to make? How does it change the way you provide care in that emergency department at that time? You know, it really puts a lot of of stress and pressure on just trying to move patients through the department as quickly as we can. So being, um, you know, sometimes patients that we um, might sit on for a bit longer, uh, we feel the pressure to discharge them. Of course, like nobody would ever be discharged unsafely, right? right? But it really, we really just feel that pressure to, well, we need to turn this bed around. We need to bring people in from the waiting room. Um, you know, the, the charge nurses are always uh, facing the, the pressure of kind of having a sense of how the general, the entire department is flowing and, and moving people through. And then, of course, when we're in a situation, um, which we are a lot more lately with lots of accidental opioid overdoses coming in, our trauma rooms or our resuscitation rooms are uh, very, very busy. And, and if those run out of space, that can become particularly problematic. Thankfully, that's not happened so far, but certainly a worry on our minds all the time. And there's a trickle-down effect, if we can call it that, right? When the ER is backed up like that, we know it's harder for ambulances to discharge their patients into your care, things like that. Like, the whole system is affected. It's not like it's just isolated in the emergency room. Absolutely, right? So if we have 
less beds in the emergency department or we're, we're more full than we uh, normally are. Ambulances can't offload their patients and get back out onto the streets. Um, further to that, uh, if we're, you know, if it's gridlocked upstairs, which we're certainly seeing a bit more of lately, then the patients stay in the emergency department longer and then again trickles down to EMS or other patients walking in through the door. So, um, you know, less space to see patients in certainly has a, a broad effect on the healthcare system. And I imagine it means longer waits for patients. I've always wondered, do doctors know what's going on in that emer- in that waiting room? Like, are you guys aware of wait times? Is that an added pressure? It's got to be on your mind. Do you guys know? Do you get updates? Like, okay, we're now got some guys been sitting here for 12 hours. Is that something you're aware of? Or, or are you just Absolutely. managing what you can manage? No, we, it's both. So we, um, you know, there's a wait waiting room screen on our, on our, like on our, EMR that we use, okay. um, and then uh, and then the people in the department screen, and many of us are always just flipping back and forth between the waiting room just to get a general sense of how many are there, what's the longest people have been waiting, and it's certainly um, it, it's what we're we have a general awareness of it th- throughout our shift, and you know knowing that there are thirty people in the waiting room, some of whom have been waiting several hours. Um, we never like to see that, but it's definitely happening more and more. You are seeing it with the with the bed closures. Obviously, you would have to, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, less space means means more time people are waiting, for sure. sure. Of course, makes perfect sense. Now, mm-hmm. the question here is, uh, um, you've been in the ER for, what, six, seven years now, right? Yeah, about seven years. So, I mean, we always hear that there are fluctuations in summer. People take vacations. Things always get a little tighter in summer. Is that true, first of all? Have we seen this in years past? I have not. Um, there might be the... So summer is our busiest time for, for a few reasons, but um, really just with everybody being out and about and lots more people getting injured, that sort of thing. So summer is always our busiest time. Um, in general, there, you know, in the previous six summers that I've worked, there might be an odd day where there are two or three beds closed and not even an entire day, like a few hours in a shift. Um, this has never happened before to this magnitude, like with these consistent prolonged bed closures for a period of several weeks. That's that's not happened while I've been working at the Royal Alex. And is it because a lot of people are on vacation? I mean, is it attributable to that? Or, I mean, we know the pandemic was a nightmare for you. So are people taking more time off this summer? This is not due to vacation. Um, so, you know, in previous years, uh, vacations have happened and we've been able to cover uh, those those vacancies, or not vacancies, but those brief vacations because we're adequately buffered and staffed, right? So, um People like nurses are never allowed to take more vacation than they're allowed to. Mm. Um, so it's, this is not from vacation. This is from um, an exodus of, of nurses from our emergency department because they're stressed, they're burnt out, um, certainly feeling underappreciated, um, un, uh, disrespected. Uh, and really just after 16 months of this pandemic and talking to a lot of my colleagues that have left, they're just done. Like it's hard to to work in this environment for, for so long um, and then continue to be expected to uh, fill the gaps, come in for overtime when you've already worked a 60-hour week. Like, how can anybody sustain that that level of work? Yeah. Um, last one. The health minister was asked about this and said, hey, this was expected. We saw this coming. We knew this was going to happen, which to me is kind of like, well, what did you do to prepare for it? Because we've all worked in businesses where we know there's going to be summer relief needed. You bring on casuals, whatever the case may be. You don't just say, oh, well, that's the way it is. Were, were there any plans put in place around this? Were, did you guys have a planning structure from AHS? Did they talk to you about saying we're going to have shortages and this is what we need to do? So, I mean, I can tell you that AHS is doing the best they can in the circumstances that they've been given, right? So um, there was 
I wouldn't say that this is expected because I would say it's unprecedented that we have this many bed closures and this short of staff. Um, they, there's been aggressive hiring and aggressive um, recruitment that's been trying to take place, okay. but uh, the the point is that people still aren't coming to work uh, in in the emergency departments, right? So that should tell you um, that even with recruitment and with job openings, that um, if those spots aren't filled, it tells you the level of burnout among my colleagues for sure, right? That that even with um, AHS doing the best they can to fill those spots, they, there are still bed closures that have to take place. Okay. Well, uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us and best of luck as the summer goes forward. Thank you, Doc. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Dr. Shazma Mathani, an emergency room physician at the Royal Alec in the city of Edmonton, which is, I think, probably the biggest emergency room uh, to be hit by these bed closures.